Hello, Freedom Nation. It's Jeff with another episode of the Freedom Nation podcast. And on today's show, we're going to learn a little bit about a different concept in real estate investing. I have Scott Jelinek on, and Scott started off his real estate investing career in 1994, built a massive portfolio, and pretty much got wiped out going into the 2008 market crash of real estate. And he wised up after that and realized that there was, he started looking at some of the other people in the industry who had survived through that and realized that they were doing something very different. And that's what he modeled. And that's what he teaches today. So I'm really excited to have Scott on. So stay tuned and we'll be right back in just a minute. Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hello, Freedom Nation. It's Jeff here, and we are off on another journey of learning about ways to invest and ways to get to your Freedom Day. And today I've got Scott Jelink in, or Jelnick on. He is a real estate investor, but he does it a little bit different from a lot of people that I've heard out there. And some of this is from his own experience of going through the ups and downs of the real estate market. So Scott, welcome to the show, bud. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I am excited to be here. This uh, Your audience, I think, falls right in line with my whole thought process. That's why I was really looking forward to this. We got a vehicle that you've got a vehicle that can plug right into the, the Freedom Day method. So this is awesome. So why don't we get started, Scott? Tell us your story of how you got to where you're at today. So we only have six hours, so I'm not going to tell you the yeah. whole story, but I started buying in 1994. I was a, a, a landscaper back then. And Back then, and I don't know what year you started buying, but back then there was a thing called non-qualifying assumptions where you were able yeah. to assume someone else's mortgage with the bank's blessing. They ended them in 1987 for FHA and 89 for VA. But when I bought in 94, it was legitimate, like a sub two, but with the bank's blessing, $5,000 down and takeover payments. So shortly after I bought that house, I had no interest in real estate. I bought it to live in. Shortly after I bought it, a house on my block came up for sale with a white sign, magic barcode said $2,000 down takeover payments. And I was pissed. And it had nothing to do. I didn't know anything about values, the balance, equity, repairs. I knew nothing about anything other than I paid five grand down and this one was two grand down. <laughs> and so my genius brain said, well, let me buy that one also. And, you know, and then, you know, I'll cost average out. And I did and I rented it out. And that was my first time even ever thinking about real estate because every month they would pay me and I would pay the mortgage. And that was the start of it. And I became obsessed with, you know, buy as many as I can. I used to call it my McDonald's plan. I said, I wanted to yeah. buy a million dollars worth of properties and then I can go work at McDonald's if I want for 30 years and I'll be a millionaire. That was my plan. And mind you, I was a kid, so 30 years didn't seem like a big deal. Now 30 no. years is, is a little <laughs> bit different. Yeah, it comes up a lot faster than you used to think. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm not willing to do more than five. But anyway, so I crushed it with that and I started buying and buying and buying. I got to 84 properties by 2007. And in t basically, everybody taught and still teaches, in which I like that you're not one of them that teaches this. Everybody taught and still teaches 
the leverage model, equity, the refi till you die, all that stuff. And basically, I did all of that. I did everything they said. I pulled out my first 20 properties worth of equity and parlayed it into more and more and more until 2007 hit and I got crushed. I had almost a million dollars in cash at the time. I had 84 properties and overnight their values plummeted. I had 30, 40% of my tenants not paying. I used up all my money trying to save everything. And then the inevitable happened, right? I lost 55 of my houses to foreclosure. Ouch. And, And this is hard. You know, this is hard on anybody, right? But it's especially hard on me. I'm driving an Escalade that's wrapped in stop foreclosure. (laughs) And here I am, I have houses in foreclosure. And so it was a rough, rough time. But I remember, you know, most people back then went back to their jobs that they had before they got into real estate and, you know, and they went back to their previous lives, but I didn't have a previous life. I was a landscaper and I had, now I had this big lifestyle built around real estate and I couldn't, I had nothing to fall back on. And so I remember watching, there were certain people who were still crushing it, still doing really well. And these were the old guys who were free. They were the ones who weren't participating in the boom. They were lenders. They owned everything free and clear, which to me back then, you're an idiot. How do you, free and clear, you're an idiot. You can make so much more money if, right? And then I had a valuable lesson, which I learned. I said, all of these guys are worth tens of millions of dollars and they're not playing the same game we were playing with the refining and the leverage and making these little spreads. And so that is when I kind of came up with what we call a slow flip now, which is where these properties were at the lowest prices ever, but I couldn't buy them. I had no bit and I had no credit anymore and I had no money. So I came up with a plan. How can I pay? I want it to be free and clear, but you, without any money, you can't just buy them free and clear. So I had to borrow the money. So I came up with a private lending plan where I borrow it, but we pay it off, amortize, no balloon in five years. Okay. Simultaneously selling them on long-term financing for 30 years. And so that's the basis of the plan is we buy them on five-year mortgages, we sell them on 30-year mortgages. We sell, believe it or not, to a lot of investors who I I jokingly refer to as 2005, Scott. I always say, you know, everybody's like, well, why would they buy it? I said, because it's me. I would have bought it. I would have bought it then because there's low money down. Exactly. I'm like, that was exactly what I was looking for. Low money down. I can make two, $300 a month and deal with all the headaches. I said, now that's not me anymore. Now I'm all about freedom and all I want to do is collect my checks on the first of the month. I'm not a landlord anymore. And I love I love what we do now. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, if going back to that time period, if you could have done it all over again, would you go down the route that you are now or would you, do you think you would have gone, no, I've still got to keep doing this? So I have two answers to that. Knowing what I know now Clearly, I wouldn't go down that route because I'm now I'm very much against leverage, very much against the debt, very much against all those things that came with it. However, if it meant to still have the mindset that I have now, would I do it all over again to have the same outcome I have now? Well, 100 yeah. percent. I, um, I wrote an article once that was it was called I think it was called five reasons why I'm thankful for the bust. And yeah. it was. And it was interesting because I, I I equate so much of my success now to what I went through with the bust, which yep. changed my mindset. And this is something interesting, Jeff, is I talk about the bust like it was yesterday. And somebody just last week was like, Scott, you know, that was 15 years ago. And I had to stop and think. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. Yeah, that it was, was. <laughs> 15 years ago. And to me, it was last week. Yeah, and, um, and it was. I mean, I, I remember being in the financial services industry. I mean, quite frankly, I mean, it, it is very 
you know, in my brain all the time, like, okay, that could happen. And it wasn't that long ago, but it was 15 years ago. That's crazy. And I tell people, I said, your plan, and I mean your plan being the Burr people and the leverage people and all the refi till you die people, I said, likely will very well work for you and you'll do great and you'll make a bunch of money. And there's no, I'm not saying it won't work. What I'm saying is I'm too old to start over again. And so if something was to happen again, I'm not participating in it this time. I'm free and clear. I have 178 properties now, 92 of them are free and clear. I have 24 more come free and clear this December. I got three payments left. And um and they're all paid off within five years. And so yeah. I'm much happier. Could I make more money doing the leverage model? Quite possibly. But the answer that I tell people when they talk about, which I used to say during 2005, Scott would have said is, well, you can make more money if. The, the way I answer it, Jeff, which you probably say the exact same thing to your people. I say, it depends on what game you're playing. I said, if you're trying to die with the most money, then you are correct. I said, but if you're trying to live the best life, then my plan's the way to go. And yeah. that's that's exactly how I always answer it. That's awesome. I well, I love it. And I mean, you know, it's one of those things that I guess it comes from it comes from the the world that I come from. You know, the financial services industry was created by what I call asset gatherers. You know, the mutual fund companies, the brokerage firms, the insurance companies. They're you know, when you look at what their end goal is, they want to amass the most amount of money that they possibly can. So, what do they teach people? Well, you know, the only way to do this is to save tons of money and then, you know, you can get about 4% of that per year as an income stream. So I've got to, you know, if I want to make a hundred grand, I've got to have somewhere in the neighborhood of like $2.2 million. And if I'm sitting here at 25 grand and looking at, I got to get to 2.5 million, well, how am I going to, that's just, it doesn't seem possible to me. So people just don't do it versus okay, I need, let's say 10 grand a month. How am I going to get there? And your method, I think is very simple. It's like, all I got to do is find the right property. I have a game plan. I'm guessing with a lot of what you do, I mean, you're, you're on the front end of it. And, you know, it's like, you're not having to do, you're not cleaning toilets. You're not managing the properties. No maintenance. You're on the back side of it. Yeah. Yep. It's, you know, there's a saying I often tell people, which I didn't make up. I heard it somewhere, but I say, if you, if you do what's easy, life will be hard. And if you do what's hard, life will be easy. And slow flips are hard, but only for five years. If you don't do them, your life can be hard for the rest of your life. I'm like, so I'm always like, just if you stick it out for five years, I have so many people in my program that we have set free and they're already at 10, 20, $30,000 a month. I'm like, the amount of freedom that that gives you is insane. And it's, it's five years. It's not the, 30-year plan, like the Berg, you know, all those other guys are doing 30-year mortgages and refining forever and always having to manage yeah. payments. I said, it's five years, five years and you're free. Yeah. And they're going to write me a check every month and I'm going to turn around. And so, yeah. so you're typically, so I, just kind of walking through this in my own brain so that everybody understands this. So I go out, you know, I, I'm today, Scott, I go out, I find a property. So what type of property am I looking for typically? All right. Are you sitting down? I can't tell, Jeff. So, so <laughs> I didn't ask you, what part of the world are you in? What I'm part in of Austin. Country? Yeah, Austin, Texas. Yeah. Okay. So in Austin, this does not work in Austin, but it doesn't mean it doesn't work. So I have people all over the country and most markets it does not work in. But what we do is we invest outside of the area. So I live in Virginia Beach, but we I have a lot in Virginia Beach from during the, the bus times, but where we invest now is mostly Midwest. And so hey. we're we're mostly in Missouri, we're in Illinois, we're in Indiana. There's yeah. a, we have a lot of guys in Ohio and Alabama. 
So we're buying properties. That's why I asked if you were sitting down when I tell you these numbers. We buy properties for $30,000 on average. Good God. And people, when they hear that, the first thing they want to say is, what country do you live in? There's no such thing as a house for 30000 And I'm always like, listen, before you argue with me, spend three minutes on the internet. Just pick yeah. a state, go to go to Illinois or whatever, and type in, go in Zillow and type in under 50000 or under, and you will see hundreds of them. And so yeah. on, on $30,000, we pay 12% interest on our to our lenders. So on yeah. $30,000 at 12% interest amortized for 60 months, your payment comes to 667.33. And that is that is no balloon. That is principal and interest. It is paid off after five years. So on average, we sell them at 89,000 and we get 3,000 down and 875 a month. So that 875 a month covers our 667. We really don't make any money. Um, However, there's only 60 payments. The 61st payment, it's all ours. Yeah. So the traps people fall into is one, they don't want to wait five years. And I'm like, listen, you've been waiting your whole life. What's another five years to be free, right? Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> and, and the second thing is people have this thing in their head where they, they don't believe it actually exists. And that's my hardest part as a coach is to show people this does exist and yes, you can do it. And once they get that out of their head, people are buying two, three, five in their first month and then they start rocking yeah. and rolling. But in the beginning, it's hard just to get past those hurdles in our own brains saying that, well, if it was, everybody loves to say, if it was that easy, everybody would do it. I'm like, I don't know why everyone doesn't do it. I'm always talking, I'm like, how come everybody's not doing this? <laughs> Because you're not on all the, you know, all the bigger pockets and everything else. And, and you yeah. know, well, and, and I think, you know, the, the biggest part is, you know, you look at the Chris Crohn's of the world and all these guys, you know, Grant Cardone. Oh, you know, you can you can be flying around on a jet and all that. Well, your strategy, you're not going to be flying around on a jet, but yeah. I can go sit on a beach for an entire month and make 20 grand <laughs> and I'm good. You have to do that. You're exactly yeah. right with that. So I tell people with my program and people that join my program, I said, we are not teaching you to get, not to mean you can't do it. It'll just take longer. We're not teaching you to have Lamborghinis and jets and yachts and all of that stuff. I am teaching people just like you do, Jeff, how to be free, how to yeah. wake up in the morning and do whatever we want. And I already forgot your term for it, which I loved. What was it? Work optional lifestyle. Work optional. I love that. And that is exactly it. That's the basis of what we teach. It's not to get a jet. Now, mind right. you, some people have higher ambitions. And they can still continue on this path till they get that sort of stuff, but that's not what this is about. This is about getting yeah. 10 or 20 grand a month and being free to do whatever it is you want, to live a yeah. work optional lifestyle. I love that term. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the, the cool part is, and this doesn't require a ton of work, you know, it's not like a burst strategy where you're managing a, a back-end project and, you know, trying to get this thing up and ready and then find a renter and then refinance and all that and bank We don't credit. even mow the lawn. We don't clean them out. If they're filled with stuff, we do them exactly as is. That is awesome. That Most is of awesome. the houses I've never even seen. Like I have, okay. I don't go out there. I mean, so I have houses all over. I've never seen them. I have somebody mm-hmm. go do pictures and videos. Someone put a lockbox on and then we do the paperwork and I've never actually gone and like seen the house, nor do I yeah. want to. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's the beautiful thing of it. And I'm, you're still making a nice little profit you know, on the sale price of it and everything at that point. And like I said, then you're writing the, you're writing it as a private mortgage at that right. point, correct? So, and you know, amortization schedules, but a lot of people don't, but $875 on a 30 year mortgage comes out over 30 years to $315,000. They end up paying us for this house that we got the 30,000, which di- we didn't even pay the 34. We had a private lender pay for it. So yeah. when you do the math on how much we get back on each one, it's staggering. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I love the strategy. I mean, once again, 
It's the simplest strategies that everybody overlooks. They want to make things so freaking complicated when it comes to real estate and all these techniques and all that to get zero down. I mean, you're basically doing zero down. Yeah, we don't use, believe me, I have people that have come from all walks of life. They have nothing to start with and they have built a life with it because that's the whole program is to do it with no money. The reason this opportunity exists is because there's a gap in the marketplace and that gap is the sellers on these houses need cash Mm. to sell. The buyers need financing to buy and yet the banks won't finance them because they don't want to do these small loans for $30,000. So we basically just step in the middle. We give the seller the cash and we give the buyer the financing and then we step back out of it and just collect our checks. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's absolutely beautiful. No, I love it. I mean, once again, it's the simplest strategy ever, you know, and you don't even have to have a team on the ground that, you know, manages the property and cleans it up right. and all this kind of crap that you have to have. I'm an army you know, of one. Have, yeah. yeah, an army of one. I don't really have to have anything. I just have to be there to negotiate the deals and go from there, which I think is fantastic. Now, do you have kind of an army of uh, hard money lenders that you work with or? Private lenders. So we don't use hard money. Typical hard money lenders, they, they want to do a short term, like six months. So we raise, I, and I teach this because this is the most critical part of it. We we teach and we raise private in um, private money from private individuals, not people who are in the industry, not people who are lenders, just people who have money in their bank account or in a 401k or in retirement, and we pay a 12% return. So they love us. Mostly yeah. all of our lenders, since I started this in 2011, have stemmed from our other lenders. Okay. Once they run out of money, they start bragging to their friends how much they're making. Next thing you know, their friends saying, hey, see if he needs any more. And all of our lenders have stemmed from our other lenders. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. What made you come up with this? Was this somebody else was doing it or you just kind of figured it out? No, nobody was doing it. I mean, people have always done this in some facet or another. Basically, what made ours unique is that we took both sides together. Everybody's always, people forever has sold houses with owner financing. Yeah. So we didn't invent that. What we did is invent, and maybe people were already doing it, the combination of buying them on short-term money and then selling them on long-term money. So yeah. people have always sold with owner financing, but we're also buying them and paying them off in five years, which is kind of the big differentiator. And the reason was, and I want to say necessity, but it was also getting smacked around by the bust where yeah. I was like, I'm willing to suffer, but I am not willing to go through what we're going through again, which meant I'll... I'll jump back in the fire, but I am not going to start over again, meaning I'll do whatever for five years. But now once I hit that, I was going to call it, I would say my freedom number, but I was going to use your term and say freedom day. Um, Once you hit that day, I said, now there is no going back. No matter what happens in the world, no matter what the Fed decides, whatever happens in the economy, it doesn't affect us anymore because they're free and clear. Yeah. What are you typically offering the buyers on your end as far as financing rate? It ends up being somewhere generally between 9 and 11.5. It depends on the purchase price because sometimes it's 69 to 99, average is 89. But the interesting thing is as the purchase price changes, 69, 89, 99, the payment generally stays the same. So nothing really changes except the interest rate. Yeah. In 875 over 30 years is still 315,000. Whether or not you paid 69 for it or 99 for it, yeah. you still paid 315 in the end. So that's why the interest rate may fluctuate a little bit. That's brilliant. Well, and like I said, I mean, it's it's the simplest thing and you're not really holding property, which is awesome. I mean, you're yeah. you're holding an asset, which is the financing on it. And I mean, kind of worst case scenario in your spot is somebody stops paying on the property and you still own the property at that point. 
Yep. And one of the sayings I always tell people, I say, we because people are like, well, why would they pay this much for it? Why wouldn't they do it this way? Why wouldn't they do it that way? And I always say, we sell the financing, the house comes with it. What uh-huh. we're actually yeah. selling is the financing. That's Probably what people yeah. are buying. They're buying the ability because ours they can buy. The other ones might be a better deal, but you know how to pay cash and they don't have the cash. Mine, yeah. you only need three grand down. So that's what we're selling is the opportunity. We're selling the financing. That is fantastic. I love this, man. It's just, like I said, it's the greatest idea and it's the most innovative one I've seen in a long time. I, I absolutely love it. It's changed everything for me. And mind you, I started in 2011 doing this model. Okay. And it wasn't until 2016 where the, the, uh, the skies opened up because during those first few years, we were still doing all this work, but we weren't making any money because it's going to service your lenders. It wasn't until 2016 where all of a sudden it was like, Oh, now we get to keep yeah. all the money and it changed everything from then. Well, and I mean, you could combine this strategy, you know, let's say you're somebody who doesn't have a whole lot of money working at, it. I mean, you're, you're going after the same properties that you would yep. if you were flip, you know, if you were, if you're doing like a, a wholesale deal. Right. Well, that's what I teach my people. I say wholesale and slow flip. Wholesale for now, slow flip for the future. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's it. It's like, okay, so do the wholesale deal. I mean, take the deals that you don't want to really keep. Okay, great. Just flip those deals over to somebody else. You make a little, you know, spread on there, five to 10 grand. That pays you while you're waiting. And the rest of the time you're out there searching for the exact same properties that you're looking for in this case and just keep like that. So I think it's- My guess is you've got to cultivate the those investors as the main thing first. Yep. Well, we try and do them simultaneously. It's one of those cart before the horse things because yeah. if you find the property and don't have a lender, you can't close. If you have a lender and don't have a property, then they're like, "Well, I said yes, but I can't. I got to deploy my money, or else I got to find something else to do." So I'm always telling my people, I said, "You got to do them both simultaneously." We're constantly looking for lenders, and we're constantly looking for properties. Nice, nice. Well, I'm just amazed. I, I think it's phenomenal. What's new in the world? What what else are you doing right now, or what what do you have on the table? So unrelated to business, I'll tell you what I, I just something I was working on today, which is why I'm telling you I just closed on a house in the Bahamas that I bought. That is my plan. Now I was originally going to wait. My son's 14, and my original plan was to wait until he left for college. But me and my wife decided let's just do it now, and we did. And so I'm real excited about it. It's on the island of Bimini, and it's just absolutely nice. beautiful. And now uh, is are are you guys going to move there? permanently or just use it kind of on and off? The intent is for the next four years to just do holidays and, you know, cause we're on the school schedule now, but then after he leaves, we're going to do the winters. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll do, we'll do December, January, February, March, something like that. Three or four months a year. I love that. Yeah. When, when everybody back home is sitting under three feet of snow, yeah, you're going to yeah. be sitting on under three feet of sand. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, let's transition to the fast five questions now. You ready? Sure thing. All right. So first question, you wake up in the morning, and this is kind of related for you. Wake up in the morning, business is totally gone. You have 500 bucks in your pocket, laptop, computer, a place to live. What are you going to do first? So I'm going to do more or less exactly what I do now. I'm going to have to, if forget the 500 because it doesn't take any money. I'm going to have to start networking. Networking for lenders, you know, private lenders and networking for, you know, buyers, you know, not so much the sellers. If I was going to use the 500, that's what I would use it for is to do some marketing to try and locate some sellers. And again, we're going to have to do it simultaneously because we can't just slow flip or else that's going to be a rough five years if I only got 500 bucks to eat on for five years. 
So we're going to have to wholesale and slow flips so that when we pass the five years, we're we're free, but wholesaling for the interim. Hmm. I love it. Love it. What's the biggest business mistake you've ever made? Well, I've made quite a few. Uh, I've made quite a few. I'm trying to think of, I'm not, I don't know if I'd say the one I lost the most money on or the biggest mistake, but I guess if I was to say biggest mistake, it would be um, subscribing to the, the leverage and debt theory that the world teaches. It, and you know, and I, I talk about 2005 Scott as another person, but the reality is he's still everywhere now because most people yeah. are doing exactly that. And that's kind of why I got into teaching. I was shocked after the bus that I kept, I couldn't wait to go to the next seminar to see what they were teaching now. Cause I'm like, well, yeah. surely that didn't work. <laughs> What's the new strategy? And they were teaching the exact same thing. Same and I was like, oh my strategies. God, <laughs> we already know what can happen. And now you're telling people yeah. the exact same thing. And yeah. um, so I think that's probably my biggest mistake was, was believing what everyone taught, which was leverage and debt and, you know, and being debt up to your eyeballs. And that's the way to get rich. And, and granted that does work. But it's a mm-hmm. whole different program that I yeah. don't want to participate in anymore. Well, and, it, and I mean, it's that you have to understand that, like you, you could easily lose everything in one, yeah, you know, one shot. Very easily yeah. lose everything, or lose a very large chunk of what you have at that point. And the flip side is, it may never happen again, and everybody who's doing yeah. that will be just fine. And they'll laugh at me and be like, man, if Scott knew what he was doing, he would have made so much more. And they're right, but I'm okay with what I have. I mean, I have a lot. Yeah. And so I'm like, it's okay that I don't have more. I, uh, I read in a book recently, and you probably read the same books, and I can't even remember the name of this one, but there was a sentence in it that really resonated with me. And he said, he said, I have something most people will never have enough. And I really yeah. love that because, because I, I say that all the time. People are like, well, you, why don't you do this? And why don't you do this? And I'm like, for what? So I can make more money that I'm not going to spend? I'm like, I have enough. I love doing what I do, but I don't need to do anything crazy that's going to take more of my life or more pressure or stress. Well, and the cool part about what you do is you're never going to run into the situation that most real estate investors run into. They start being successful, and then what happens? They end up hitting the wall. Well, the bank ain't going to give you any more money, dude. So the only other solution is now I got to go find partners to come in and put down, you know, put down the money, put down their credit, and then I got to I got to manage those relationships and everything else and keep that thing going and that's the only way I can scale the business yep. at that point. So I Absolutely. I, I love what you cuz yours is infinitely scalable. I mean, right. and it's it's infinitely scalable and it, you also can go, you know what? I'm going to take a month off and just do nothing if yep. I want to. Or I can go to Bimini and hang out on the beach for a month. And I don't have to worry about anything because I know the beginning of the month, there's going to be a big pile of checks rolling into the mailbox. So many years ago during this transition time, it's funny that you said that I was playing, I was at a casino playing craps with one of my lenders and he, you know, he had a few drinks and, uh, and he said, and he was, and mind you, he never played big money. He was playing probably 500 bucks or a thousand bucks, but he, but he was losing and he said something to me and I, and I was like, how much are you down? And he's like, He's like, I could lose every penny I have on the planet. Mind you, he's got tens of million dollars. He says, I could lose every penny I have on the planet. And on the first of the month, I have 80 grand again. And I was like, man, that's, <laughs> it was a different mindset from what I was doing at the time when I was doing with yep. all the leverage. I'm like, man, that is a great position to be in where if everything went to crap, you just got to wait a few more days and there's another yep. 80 grand coming in. Yep, exactly. I just always need to make sure I keep about a grand around so that I don't go into the hole and then I know I've got money coming in. That's beautiful. Yep. What's a good book that you would recommend for our audience? 
You know, I read a lot of books, but one of the ones that I, I like to recommend because, it, and probably everybody's read this already, but it really had a, a transitionary in my mind thing for me, which is the four hour work week. I really enjoyed yeah. that because it was it was kind of one of the ones that was talking more about like what we're saying. Let's it's not about chasing more money; it's about chasing your life and living your life. And um, and I've really lived by it. I remember I've, that's one of the few books I've read multiple times, and I enjoy it every time I read it because it it resonates with me. Well, and the funny thing is, a, a few people have brought that book up. It is one of the I, I put out a, a a list earlier this year of the top ten books that helped me get get to my financial freedom, and that is number two on my list was the four hour work week because I've literally read the thing three times a year for the last you know ever since the the second book was published. So I have this dog eared, messed up copy of the book that I just keep reading over and over again. What was number one? Number one was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, okay. That Excellent. first financial book I ever read. Right. Didn't have a clue of what I was doing, but it changed my whole mindset early on. Now, it, I'm a little thick-headed, so it took me another like 15 years to get to the point where I actually took the risk and, and went ahead and did what he suggests. But it always changed my mindset and it made me think differently as a result of that. Nice. What is a tool that you use in your business every day that you might recommend? You know, I, I guess a tool, I guess a tool that I would say is simple as it may seem, but it's my whole business is built around it is an amortization mm -hmm. calculator right in my phone. And most people don't really appreciate an amortization calculator until you start playing with the numbers. And for those people who don't know what it, what it is, basically, if you have a mortgage on your own house and you send in a thousand dollar payment, you'll notice when you get next month's statement, they took off like 120 bucks of principal and the rest of it was interest. And then the month after that, it was $121 in principal and the rest was interest. And that's an amortization schedule. And I love it. I, I always hated it all my life when I was paying mortgages. But now that I'm collecting- You're on the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> exactly. Now that you're on the opposite end, I'm like, I love amortization schedules. I'm like, who came up with this? It's genius. I love it because- Bankers they did. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Bankers did. Exactly. The funny thing is people always ask me, what did you want to be when you grew up? And I was like, if I didn't, if I knew what I knew now, I would want to be a banker. I wouldn't want to own a bank. I don't want to be a banker. I want to own a bank Yeah. because I mean, and you basically own your own bank effectively, your own finance yep. company at that point. Absolutely. That's genius. Love it. All right. Final question. What is your definition of freedom? So, it, it, you know, it probably is the same as you're using with your freedom day, but I think the definition of freedom, and I use it two different ways, but one is to be able to wake up in the morning and do whatever it is you want to do. If you leave your house or don't leave your house, if you decide to go boating or don't go boating, it's to the ability to do whatever it is you want to do. Now, it doesn't mean that you do that every day because we obviously still have responsibilities, but the ability to. And, and the other thing is, and if you were to say, what's your definition of financial freedom? I think it's the ability to say no to opportunities. Because I remember when I would have said yes to every single, everybody's like, you want to make some money? You want to make some money? There's so many different, there's a million ways to make a million dollars, right? And I would say, choose one. Yeah. Any yeah. one of them will work, but you can't do all of them. And I think the ability to say no to opportunity is really when you're free. When somebody's right. like, oh man, I got this great deal. You can make X amount. All you got to do is, and to say, and this is the way I answer, because it's kind of a wise ass, but not really. I'll, be, I'll say something like, you go make all the money. Don't worry about me. You go make all the money. And that's the way I say no, because yes, I agree it's a good opportunity, but I don't need any more opportunities. I know exactly what I'm doing. We're crushing it doing it. And so I don't even look outside of it. I'm like, just, yeah. just stay in your lane and keep doing what you're doing. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, once again, and you shouldn't have to, and it's infinitely scalable. So, I mean, yeah. if you have 900 properties, I mean, it's it, it's just continues to scale because you're not really, you're not constrained by capital on your side, which I think right. is just brilliant. Yep. And, and it's a five-year plan. And if you're not willing to, like you said, it's a five-year plan. If you aren't willing to put in the time for the five years, then- you know, you're you're you've put it in all your life. Why not take the five years now? One of the reasons that people don't like the program, like when I'll talk to somebody online or something, they'll say, "Oh, that all sounds fine, but I need to make money right now." And I'll ask them, "Well, how old are you?" And they, they could be 45, 50, 55, 30. It doesn't matter. And I'm like, I'm like, well, you've already been doing whatever business you're in for 30 years. How about if you had started this now, five years from now, you'll never have to say that again. Yeah, but but I need money right now. I'm like, that's because that's what you've been doing all along is making money right now and not focusing on your future. I end all my yeah. meetings with my coaching people with saying, do something today your future self is going to thank you for. And I do that purposefully because I do the same thing. I'm constantly doing deals where I'm like, I'm like, ah, I'll do it. What the heck? I know I'm not going to make anything now, but in five years, I'll be glad I did it because now I'll have another 20 houses that are free and clear. I'll get a bump of 20 grand a month. And I'm like, ah, let's go ahead and do it. Because I'm, yeah. I'm planning for my my five year self. That's gee, yeah, just absolutely genius. Well, and I mean, the worst case scenario is they refinance. Real, I mean, really, the worst case for you is they refinance, and you your money train you get you, a bunch of money and more. your money yeah. train goes away. Yeah. Then you buy three more with that same money, right? Yeah, which is hilarious. That's hilarious. Well, cool, man. Thank you so much. If somebody wants to learn more about what you do and, and maybe learn more about how to do this, what's the best place? That's actually, I forgot to tell you earlier, Jeff. So I wrote a book called The Art of the Slow Flip, and it basically goes through absolutely everything from start to finish on how to raise money and how to find the properties, how we fill them, everything. And I'm going to give all of your listeners a free copy of it so they can just get it at slowflip.com, S-L-O-W-F-L-I-P.com and just pay shipping and I'm going to send them out a free copy of it. And the reason I really like people to start that way is because some people will read it and they know instantly that's their life's mission, right? Other yeah. people will read it and they will hate it. And they will be like, nope, what's the next thing? I do not like this at all. And that's okay. It's not for everyone, right? It's it's not for everyone because some people hate it because they're like, but I love my houses and what if they buy them all? And I'm like, okay, but we're, we're not in love with our houses. To us, our houses are pieces of paper. We just shuffle papers. But if you want to love your house, then you're not going to like slow flips, right? And if you want to have pride in your houses and paint them and put on a special light fixture, you're not going to like this program. But if nope. you just want to shuffle papers and collect checks, then you know that's that's what this is about. It's all about freedom and not just you know. And that's why I always tell you, I said read the book first, and then you know where to go from there. You and I are from the same cloth. I mean, I could care less what the place looks like, and most of the places I own, I've never even seen. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, me, me too. I've been to seminars where the guys are talking. They're like, "I'll never buy a house I wouldn't live in," and I'm like, "Ooh." I don't think I'd live yeah. in any of mine. Maybe I got three or four I'd live in if I had to. I own 178 now. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm even like, driving through the neighborhood that these things are in. <laughs> I have 178 houses now, and I think maybe three or four of them I would live in if I had to. But yeah. no, they're not houses I would live in. That's not their purpose. And, and even to that, it wouldn't be for very long. So. Exactly. It's not their purpose. Well, Scott, thank you so much, dude. This was phenomenal. I'm looking forward to reading the book. I'm actually going to sign up as we as we talk about here because I can't re can't wait to read the book either. Awesome. But folks, take this opportunity. I mean, this is probably the most innovative idea I've seen this year or the last few years. It's not the same regurgitated crap that people teach when it comes to real estate. So yes, 
It may not be the place where you're going to make a billion dollars, but that's okay. You don't need a billion dollars to live. Most of those things that are teaching you to make a billion dollars in a Lamborghini and a yacht, you're not going to make it there either. It's just, yeah. it's a pitch, it's a pitch, you know, and, uh, and that's why I tried to turn it all on its head and be like, listen, let's just be real, be realistic. Our objective, which is the same as yours, Jeff, is to set you free, yeah. not to get you a yacht and a Lamborghini. Well, and the, and the funny thing is, if you've ever driven a Lamborghini, it's the most uncomfortable car to drive on the planet. So, you know, I came to that reality myself and then the listeners know this, but I, I, one of the things I teach is bucket listing. So build a bucket list, build things. So one of the things on my bucket list is I wanted to drive a Lamborghini at the F1 track here in Austin. Nice. Cost four, 450 bucks. Boom. One of, you know, two or three of your properties, I have the money and I can go do that one time and be done. I rented one in Vegas once and I drove it out to the uh, Hoover Dam and back. I had a good day. It was a, it was a fun experience, but I have no desire to own one. Yeah, I know. Well, I have to go to the chiropractor after I get out of the thing because I'm six uh, three. So it's not much fun. I'm six three as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you yep. could you're a fellow sufferer on those things. Yep. Well, Scott, thank you so much for being on. And folks, take his offer up. Make sure that you go to his website. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes page. And as always, make sure that you subscribe to the channel wherever you're watching or listening to this. And when you do that, give us a little up arrow or give us a five-star rating comment love to hear what you what you think about this stuff once again this is something new that i haven't heard and i think we're on to something here for those that really want to build that freedom day where you can just kind of you know show up to the mailbox once a month so thanks a lot we'll see you guys back here the very next time thanks for having me jeff thank you for listening to the freedom nation podcast You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 